Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up? It's Mike Fenoya from Comes a Time, letting you know that O'Teal and I are going to be bringing the podcast to Patreon. Uh, each week, we are going to provide members with a bonus episode. And what we talk about is going to be up to you. That's right. Members can send in their questions, stories, topics that you'd like to hear O'Teal and I chat about, and uh, we'll shout you out and take your questions each week. You got to make it a good question, though. If it's what's your favorite dead song, uh, we might skip that one. So do better. We have faith in you. Head to patreon.com slash comes a time pod and get on the bus. Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm O'Teal. And welcome to the comes a time podcast. And today on the podcast, we have uh, one of my very good friends, a stand-up comedian. Uh, I love him. Uh, Tom Papa is on the podcast. We have a great chat. Um, we're excited to share it with you guys. And uh, remember, it comes a time as part of the Osiris Media family. You can catch all the Osiris podcasts on OsirisPod.com. And as always, folks, head over to iTunes and rate and subscribe and review and share it with your friends. And thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, enjoy Tom, and we'll see you next week. Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me. It's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. What's up? I'm Motil. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to Comes a Time Podcast. Today, we got one of my big heroes, Mr. Tom Papa, amazing comedian. I'm a huge fan. Thank you for doing this with us, man. Thanks for having me. It's nice to see you guys. Hi, Tom. Hi. Good to see you, buddy. Likewise. We were just talking uh, about um, bombing. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> now I miss uh, doing it. Uh, <laughs> We were talking about how you get confidence for a joke and then you go for it when you're feeling comfortable in between a couple of them that are already are working. Mm -hmm. 
and then you realize, oh, that's far from ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing how uh, how difficult it is to just be comfortable with that. Like after years and years and years, it's still that just that primal feeling of rejection from the herd. (laughs) It's a terrifying thing. It's weird. I always think like I should be, I should take more risks and be more confident and who cares but you do care you do it's hard to it's hard to push that aside yeah it really is and it's like that forgiveness of uh being able to go like ah this doesn't matter these people are never going to be in a room together ever again so i know and especially in new york like where we work there's there's always someone in the room there's always someone in the room it's so <laughs> true. and from from a, uh, someone on the wait staff to the manager to somebody who's from the New York Times. I mean, the range is huge and subtle, but and it, maybe it doesn't mean anything. But it, if someone has never seen you before, it kind of does mean something. I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah, you should be more fearless, though, for sure. Do you think you get to a point later on where you don't care? Because sometimes I always marvel at the people like Andy Kaufman that could just take the most uncomfortable thing and then just like highlight it almost and make it worse. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, I'm not sure. I think there's, I think we should re- realize that the, we always think that there, it's got to be in the moment and every moment's got to be like this high note. And a lot of times when I watch people, I like the in-between stuff. I like, the, I like watching them just take a breath or check their watch or get a glass of water or sit there and think. Like those things, we forget that those things are just as intriguing to watch. And, and, but it's hard when you're up there. You feel like, no, I've got, you're dealing with energy and you know what's going to happen to that energy. And like Andy would, do that but he was he cared he was just messing with that energy in a different way mm. but yeah i you, don't know it's pretty complex but we, i i always feel like i should be more fearless there there is that thing of patience where it's like uh you start to appreciate the notes you don't play and and letting yeah. it sit and uh there's certain comics ted alexandro is one that i i always like would would really pay attention to the fact that he would like almost touch every part of the wall and like take <laughs> his time. It was like he was tuning up. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. In between jokes, you know, and uh, you're right. Like people do really appreciate, you forget that you're performing a- a- after a while. Right, exactly, exactly. I'm doing a show tonight. I, I put together a uh, socially distanced show in, um, in LA. We're, we're only going to have like 15 people in the audience. Oh, wow. Uh, but all the comics are just like, <gasps> I have a, I have a show tonight. Like I haven't done this since March. Like I haven't, everyone's like anxious <laughs> that they've got to actually be up there. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of cool. So I, I doubt tonight I'll be fearless. <laughs> yeah. I had to do my first show since March 12th, uh, what, three weeks or so ago. Uh-huh. And uh, it was an outdoor show at Fairfield Comedy Club in Connecticut. Oh, and nice. it was uh, a socially distant thing and we're all outside and I had to go back and listen to a headline set from like Burlington, Vermont in late February. Yeah, yeah. To remember jokes. And I felt yeah. like I felt like my 
setups were from like the 1800s and I like wrote them with a quill pen. Doesn't, like, it's, like some, of the, some of the stuff that we like. Oh, flying. <laughs> yeah. Remember being in a cab. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I did the same thing. I just, uh, I did, I've done a couple things on the road and I just, yeah, played it and just let it go. And uh, a lot of it holds up. You, you know, you kind of feel like the world has shifted to such a huge degree. But then once you're up there, you're like, ah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, absolutely. Fairfield, Connecticut. That is a comedy mecca. Oh, it's the new uh, West Village. It's amazing. <laughs> People come out. It's BYOB. Everybody's passing around, uh, you know, bug spray and whatever else. It's, uh, you went, you did it in... Uh, you traveled to Salt Lake, right? Didn't you do Salt Lake City in Portland, Oregon? Wow! I did one was in July and one in uh, June. Were you bugged out with traveling? Not really. Put on a mask. It feels a lot safer than it did in March when I was flying around with people sneezing next to me and everyone's old timey disgustingness. It, uh, <laughs> this was like people were wiping stuff down and boarding in the right way and. I really knew everybody was dialed in when the, when the bell went off when we landed that we had at the gate and everyone just stayed seated and they waited like at church for the people in front of them to go. I was like, all right, people are, people are doing their best here. This is okay. Yeah, no, I felt okay. I felt, you know, people have been, are so disgusting. I mean, it's why we're in this state now. <laughs> you know, people were so horrible and it's pretty empty too. It's not really that that packed right now like you go when we landed in portland our plane was one of only three that were at the gates there was just empty wow yeah it was it was pretty uh it was pretty wild i'm guessing you're not coming down here to boca raton florida oh man i don't know yeah i was supposed to be there and um yeah i don't think i think they're rescheduling it yeah, I was so looking forward to seeing that because I was desperate and there was some comedy club that was open. I think it was me and my wife's anniversary that we got to make up and yeah, get up there and I saw your name on the schedule. I was like, what? Like, yeah, that was my house. And then it's like, wah, wah, wah. I know, I know. It's like every plan we have is just, I, we still can't like, we, I feel like we're all like dating the same person person who keeps blowing us off it's like well how about next week and like no well, okay i'll see you and i'll see you in september no <laughs> it's i'll like, text oh. you in late august and let you yeah know. yeah it is oh, so God. it's so weird and it's I, I don't know if you felt this too but like when when like this thing first started I almost, my body was almost like, thank you. Like, like it was almost yeah. like a microcosm of the, how the earth is probably like, thank you because not so many planes and whatever. Like oh, it was yeah. so nice to go to bed at like a normal hour and not have that. Like, why am I not still out? I mean like leaving the club and leaving the hang and leaving the table and going home to my apartment in Queens, I'd lay there and be like, I left too early. Something awesome's going to happen. I missed out. <laughs> yeah. This was no. kind of like, oh, cool. I can go to bed at eight o'clock and no one cares. <laughs> like, I don't have to hear tomorrow. I know. Everyone's missed, been pushed into retirement. I do. I have a, you know, I talk to a lot of comedians on my radio show. And I'm, when, when things do return, there's going to be a, a, a group of them that don't come back. <laughs> there's going to be, there are going to be people who just saw a different life and they're going to take it. There's yeah. going to be, there's definitely, there's going to be people, excuse me, who go back hard 
But there's going to be a lot of people who are just kind of reconsidering, you know, what was I doing? Why was I going so crazy? Why was I working so hard? Um, if financially they can make it in some way, there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be room on the schedule, I think. <laughs> it's room for bargaining with that too, because, you know, I always find as I get older that time ends up being worth more than money. Yeah. But when you have more of your time and you're like, hey, wait a minute. Like I actually found a way to pay my bills. So what was I doing before, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think, yeah. It, the, you know, if you can balance it out, you know, I'm, I'm always, I really wanted a break and uh, yeah. I wasn't working that much, but still it's like, okay, yeah, this is enough of a break. Like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. No, that was good. I know it didn't, doesn't take much to kind of re-energize and be like, all right, now it's time to, time to go. It is pretty sweet. Like, you know, I checked into a hotel in Portland and I came in at like 11 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, you always have that stress. All the old stresses are kind of got like you would walk in and be like, oh, OK, they're going to tell me, well, check ins at four. Uh, we don't have any. Let me see if you have something. Well, come on. I've really been, I've been traveling the whole. OK, well, nothing's ready. Check ins at four. Sit in our lobby. If you want it. This time they were like, have your pick you're the only one here <laughs> you got your own floor yeah my own floor i'm just cruising through the airport i could do anything i mean it was like oh man maybe we were it was too much like i would be psyched if people retire from all walks of life things were just too big and too packed and too many people moving around and doing it was like you know this is kind of closer to what life should have been mm, for sure in just a way. With traffic alone i mean yeah. especially in Big cities like, you know, L.A., where oh, it's just like the traffic, it's just seeing the, the uh, skylines, like being able to see. The sharks are back. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you know. Southern California, <laughs> it's like all they were saying that because there's no cruise ships and there's fewer people boating and stuff, that their stingrays have repopulated and that's retracted the sharks and the, the oceans are like alive again. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like it's that. like, I know, eat those people. Yeah. <laughs> decrease the surplus population yeah absolutely <laughs> it, it is so funny how like the uh I, I always said like if i could pull vermont like just a little bit closer to manhattan everything would have been like why did new york city and la have to be the mecca of comedy why couldn't it be like ann arbor michigan or wherever the hell up near a lake where we could all have a big cabin and we can go have bonfires afterwards and talk and that's what we need. You Not know? enough people. No, I know. Everyone's fantasizing about it. I have it on my phone. I follow all, on Instagram. I have all of a sudden I have uh, I'm, I'm canceling comedians who are <laughs> annoying and just keep posting nonstop. And I'm replacing yeah. them with cabin accounts. I have <laughs> I just keep looking at cabins in strange places and fantasizing about just sitting in one for the rest of my life. <laughs> no, but you know there are comedians that do that. They're right? There we there's comedians that went to Maine or like Nashville. Buffalo or Nashville. Nashville's a little on the on the bubble. That's still kind of near show business in an airport. Yeah, true. Um, true. But but once you do that, you know, you, you're kind of you're kind of checking out. You're like, well, all right, I'll I'll sell out two times a year in Bar Harbor, <laughs> but the rest, that's of, and it. that's okay. That's all right if that's you know. If you yeah. Want to go fly fishing and hang with your kids or whatever. 
Everyone always thinks about Vermont. Vermont is like the another. That's another cabin fantasy. Vermont's, Vermont's the best. David Tell calls it the Las Vegas of Maine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had an interesting like uh, when for geez what the last seven eight years. My wife lived in Connecticut and I lived in Queens Mm -hmm. and I had like a dual life where I was able to like, you know, with writing for the TV show and doing comedy, I would be in the city and then I'd take a couple nights off, pack my bags, move out of New York, go back to the, you know, the woods, Uh kind of reset, get my bearings, you know, um, my laundry and then go back. And it was like, every time I'd go over that bridge and go back into the city, it was like, I would hold my breath. Uh, and just like do as many spots and do as much work and meetings and all that and then book out again and you know so this has been interesting because i've had to learn how to relive with my wife uh-huh. like when covid hit i was like i gotta go to you know be with her she's a nurse yeah it's different different how is with it? your wife it's it's <laughs> taking some getting used to uh, yeah yeah i love it i love it but i'm also like um i see why what we did worked mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it, we yeah. were able to kind of be out of our our marriage was very like a business agreement where it was like yep you're gonna follow your dream i'm gonna follow mine and we're gonna do it together right. and keep each other in you know tabs along the way right so this is kind of cool it's like i'm getting to know her yeah and waiting for the show to start again <laughs> waiting for another apartment in queens to rent. <laughs> no, you gave up your place yeah, totally. Absolutely. Wow. I had to. I mean, I couldn't afford I mean, I was paying for a place I didn't go to. I left there. The last show I did was at the cellar March 12th. Right. And I didn't go back to New York till I moved out of that place. I went wow. multiple masks and got out of there. I was talking to uh, I was talking to Matteo Lane, the very funny comedian, and he was he has a new place in uh, in the West Village that he could never afford before. Because so many people just split and they just, they didn't even, they're they're all furnished because people just went back to Australia or back to Europe and they just, thousands and thousands of people just are gone from the city. So strange. I know. All the surrounding areas are all gobbled up though. You know, if you go up into Westchester or Southern Connecticut, like all the New Yorkers were like sight unseen buying up and renting houses everywhere. (laughs) So. <laughs> Tom, have so you great. been in uh have you been enjoying more time at home with the family i have i was like oh this is a nice place it's like <laughs> I, I see why you all enjoy it <laughs> you know yeah. when i got hip to you uh i was with it was with my wife at the same time that we found you and um we had just been together without kids and yeah. then got pregnant and crossed over into having our first son, you know, right. he's five years old now. And I think the first thing of yours I saw, a lot of it was about marriage and kids and mm-hmm. the before and after. So I was just like, man, you were just hitting bullseyes. <laughs> Freaking joke, you know? Yeah, hitting it at the right time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so I, I think about a lot of those things now that I'm home all the time with kids. You know, I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Oof. Yeah, exactly. That's exhausting. It's so much. I can't believe the amount of work that is. That is so much work. (laughs) It's really, it's nonstop. It's harder than anything you could do on the road by far. By far. You just think, wow, this 
creature is only like, you know, 20 pounds. <laughs> and, <you know? laughs> and so needy. <laughs> uh, the energy level is just constant, you know, and I, you know, I'm an older dad. So I, that's the only reason that I would prefer to be a little younger is just to have more energy. I was just too freaking stupid when I was young. You know? Yeah. Are they boys? Uh, the boys five and the girls two, and she's like a brigadier general. We adopted her from India. People <laughs> like, oh, how's she adjusted? I'm like adjusting. <laughs> she's like, oh, I have two slaves. This is great. <laughs> you can reach everything. Uh, it's just yeah. constant, you know, just whip cracking. So I have to like, you know. <laughs> there are t- there are entire years I don't even remember from that period. <laughs> where I like I see photos and I'm like, when did we? When were we in Disney? I don't remember this at all. <laughs> it's just so intense. You guys but make it sound so alluring, really. Oh, I mean, it's nourishing and it's it's all that good stuff. But it is, <laughs> it is, yeah. You're, and you're in, the you're in house. Part with a- is like getting to see their computers boot up. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's like a little. You get a little miracle every day. Like they figure out something else, or they, you know. Yeah, that part's legitimately great, and I think there's something in there that where they were created to be just absolutely irresistible, about twenty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. It just washes away all that, you know. They just give you a big glowy smile or do something cute, and it can just wash away like four hours of torture. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. And that now mine, uh, I have one that's on her way out. It's going to college. Wow. We're going to be flying back east and doing that next week. Oh, wow. And then the, and then the other one is, uh, and those computers, they just become super powerful. And then they start pointing out all the flaws with your computer. <laughs> like, did Update just your take, software, Dad. <laughs> did it just take you two minutes to find the exit button on the remote control? <laughs> you're, you're slipping. <laughs> I got it. I'm all right. I've still got it. I'm taking <laughs> like, my time. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how, may, how many do you have? And how old are they? Oh, uh, 15 and 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the Boys, gr- both girls? Uh, yeah. All yeah. girls. It's, it's Tom and Tom and the girls, right? Yeah. So all, I hear, all ladies. I hear that 12 years old with the girls is where you really like it just... Yeah. Um, one was kind of like that. One was pretty textbook. Uh, and, but she's seems to be mellowing out a little bit now, but yeah, it's just right out of the brochure. Every, it's, <laughs> it's so funny how we try and think that we're such individuals and we're so unique. And it's like, Nope, you're exactly the same as everybody else. That family is going through exactly the same thing. Their kids said the same thing. Their parent reacted the exact same way that you just did. It's uh, it, it's pretty funny how <laughs> how it's just there's a blueprint <laughs> and you can maybe change it on the edges, but the thrust of it, forget it. Forget yeah, it. everything. I I'm just like God, I've, I've turned into my mother. It's <laughs> like my constant. I keep coming back to that. It's like uh, you, know, you yeah. say the same shit your parents said. They're just not old enough. For, yeah, the old, you know, I'm not kicking your ass anymore. Life's gonna kick your ass. That's what my mom used to tell me. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it just blurts out. I know. You said that to them. Now they just throw juice on the ground and run in the other room. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait till that hits. Tom, when you come back east, are you gonna go to? Uh, are you gonna 
head into the the city at all, or are you going to try to stay I, out of? I only have uh, I only have one day that I can see that that's possible. There's like a there's like one afternoon where my wife's going to be busy, and I I can skitter in from New Jersey, and um, I'm not sure if I'm if I'll be able to pull it off. I'd like to. I mean, I'm hearing such conflicting things. Yeah, you know, I talk to some people you know, from the cellar and comics that are down there and they're like, oh, it's like Europe, you know, all the tourists are gone and we're just sitting at cafes. And then I talked to my friend yesterday who lives in the Upper West Side and they're like, it's Armageddon. They just filled up the hotels with homeless people and ex-convicts from nonviolent crimes and they're just masturbating in the streets and they're running around naked and you can't even live in the neighborhood anymore. And uh, you don't <laughs> so want to walk down the side street. So I'm like, what is the, what's the real... <laughs> deal with new york i i would i you know it's my home i would i would i'm too intrigued so i'll probably try and just take a drive and and see but i don't yeah. know if there's checkpoints either because i'm not going to be quarantining for two weeks can i just can i freely go in and out i believe right now you can go in and out from uh jersey to new york i think from connecticut to new york i think there's this kind of uh-huh. It really is turning into Europe in a way where like uh-huh. you could go from certain states without being stopped, but they're adding and deleting to the li- like Rhode Island was added to the list of stay out. Uh-huh. And then they took it off the list and now they're put like it, every day it changes. So right, you got to check right. that out for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go in and I'm going to go to the cellar for the first time in uh, later this week and just oh, you are. and say hi and, it's just, yeah, I, I, it feels so weird to, and for people who are listening that maybe don't know much about, like, maybe you're new to comedy, the mm. cellar was, like, kind of the place that, you know, you know, you wanted to, to start working at, and when you got in there, it was a family event, and it was, O'Teal came yeah. to see, O'Teal came to see me do a show at the Fat Black Pussycat, which is one of the three rooms where we could use as, like, a workout space, Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it was just, like, an honor to have him, like, there to say, like, look, this is where... I get to work with all these yeah. amazing people. And it, and it really is just, I miss that so much. Well, it's the home base. Yeah. It's like whenever people would come into the city as tourists and ask where they should go, I was like, I don't know any other place <laughs> other than the cellar. I can't tell you where to go to dinner or what. Yeah, I, and go this, to the olive tree. Yeah. There's a bar yeah. upstairs from the club. I mean, that's because you just live there. And that was like, you, you got to see all the other comics and do all the other stuff. And, I know. I was. Um, I asked Mark Norman if he had gone by the cellar, and he said no. He said it's too sad. It's like, it's like visiting your friend in a wheelchair. It's like <laughs> they have the patio outside, but they're not. I'm gonna wait till they're healthy again, and then I'll go. But uh, yeah. I would like to just, if I can, I'm gonna try and try and do it. The the audition at the cellar, O'Teal, is something that all cellar comics like have their story of like when you did your audition and all of that. And I remember I had to, I think I had to follow uh, Todd Barry, and uh, <laughs> you know, and you just try to do different cadences and whatever. Do you remember your audition there, Tom? Yeah, vaguely. I think it was you know, it's always late. They always put you in a real tough spot, like on a Friday, like at midnight. <laughs> And Esty would sit there in the in the doorway and judge you, and and you you know you you waited, and because you're usually at a time when you don't have many other spots, you're not passing many other clubs. So I just had to like try and stay awake to be and then go on stage at midnight. And uh, yeah, I think it, it 
it went all right. I only had one audition there, and yeah, and it was uh, it was enough to get me to get me through. I was loud and fast enough to <laughs> you didn't run to survive the light. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but but watching other people go through it was all those years since was just brutal. Just watching mm-hmm. someone who you're you are hoping will do well, and then they get up there, and for whatever reason, they're just you only have like four minutes too. So if it's off in the beginning, you're just not going to get it back. And you just see everybody slowly, everyone like comes into the door to watch. Hey, are they having, and then they all slowly just walk away because <laughs> they don't want to be, they don't want to make eye contact with the person when they come off the stage. <laughs> it's brutal. It's the worst. Yeah. It's really so hard, but you got to go through it. You know, it's, just, it's, you know, I think in the beginning of anything that any endeavor, it's just like, it's just a test of how badly do you want it? Because it's when you look back, you're like, how, why would I have done all of that? Why would I have drive to Southern New Jersey for three hours for $20 for just so I can get 10 minutes of stage time? Or why would I do any of it? And then it was because you wanted it that badly. It wasn't when you were in the middle of doing it, it didn't seem that crazy. You know, looking back now, you're like, there's no way I would do any of that. It's very uncomfortable. Was music but, uh, like that, O'Teal? Like, was music like that? Oh. Where I mean, we would go do like laundromat comedy shows and Absolutely. and closed up yogurt shops and you know. Yeah, I would tell my stu- students would ask me, you know, uh, what's your advice for you know staying in a career? You know, I was like, there's no advice. Unless you have to do this, you're going to get weeded out because nobody would go through this crap. I mean, it's just <laughs> the most ridiculous bullshit, you know? Yeah. And you just go for more and more. Yes, I'll have thirds, please. You know, it's just like, yeah, so just, just just do it. If you have to do it, you'll find out. And, you t- <laughs> yeah. and even like along the way, like what you were talking about, what we were talking about early, Mike, about like you said, you got to a certain point where you're like hosting. Mm. And you're like, man, I don't want to get stuck in this. Yeah, I, I had a very important conversation with you, Tom, one mm-hmm. night at the Village Underground. And for, for the, for, to catch up listeners, when, in, when you're in the city, there's two types of shows. There's showcase shows, and then there's road shows where a headliner does an hour, a feature act does 20, and then a host does 10, 15. A showcase show, which is more common in New York City, is you got your host, and they bring up five, six comics. You get to do 10 to 12 minutes up front, maybe a minute or two at the most in between and that's the show and if you're good at hosting or if you want work that's kind of what you do in the beginning and when I passed at the cellar I told Esty I would love to host whenever you need me and she used me right away and and for a while and I started to get nervous that I was just getting good at hosting and then I I know you hosted there for quite a a while and I pulled you aside and asked you could I talk to you about it and you told me I was nervous. I was just getting good at one thing. And you're like, no, no, no. You're like, you can do so much with hosting. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool. Like you had good advice about just like, you know, you go in off someone else's flow and you can like make it your own and work on your own stuff. And it made you such a stronger comic, you said. Oh yeah, for sure. It, you didn't, you know, there was definitely, you had to keep your eye on it because you could end up, because as you know, there's certain comics that never broke out of that. Mm. And they just, they, they're never given other spots and they're never, you know, and so you had to be kind of conscious that you were, don't get stuck. 
but the, that, that was the secret was that you were getting stronger than everybody else yeah. because, you know, one of the, one of the illusions of stand up is that it just seems like it's coming off the top of your head. It's so conversational. And in the beginning you have, it's you off stage and then it's you on stage and those things are pretty far apart and hosting just brings them all together. You realize, Oh, I can talk just like that and be just as powerful as that. And that's what hosting, I think that was the biggest benefit, but you, you got, you had it so easy. You got to host when, when there was no smoking in the clubs. I had to, I had to host from nine o'clock till two thirty in the morning in a, oh, in a smoke filled room. I would, <laughs> and that cellar is like the size of a shoebox. Yeah, and the people were just there was there was they had the audacity to have a non-smoking section in the in the, in that room. It was like this seat is smoking and that seat is non-smoking, and they would just light them up, and it was just filled and just oh. I'd spend years just in that smoke-filled hot box, and then you come along and it just all smells like daisies and there's ventilation and. You didn't have to fight lung cancer. You... I guess not. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I didn't oh, about I would that. come home and just peel my clothes off and just throw them away. Oh, what a I remember yeah, waking up and my pillow just smelled like it's, I was just too tired to shower after I got home yeah. from some college bar, you know? Yeah. And I wake up and the whole pillow just smelled like cigarette smoke because my hair was, oh, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It really, I mean, and, and to, and it was so gross and so intense, but it, there was something so cool about it too, that when they stopped it, it was like, Oh man, it'll never be the same. <laughs> yeah, we can see the comic now. Yeah. <laughs> this is so sterile now. This is, this is a nightlife. <laughs> I it's never fun. had that thought. Like, <laughs> well, leave it up the comics to find the worst in everything. <laughs> uh, it did ruin some places. There was a that great uh, Irish bar on, uh, it was probably around 18th. Uh, yeah, probably like 18th and and 7th. That great O'Malley's, or I forget what the Irish. Oh was. yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's been there forever. I can't remember the name. And you walked in that place after this smoking ban, and it was like, this is, this is a bar at the Holiday Inn in Duluth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what happened? It's a lounge in the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, no, people used to come here and wrap up their lives <laughs> with, with real life-threatening hey there osiris listeners i wanted to tell you about our friends over at smart wool for more than 25 years smart wool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable because they want to help you play laugh and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They're here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far, feel good. Ices. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it did feel it does feel strange to like think about like jumping back on and doing a show like we used to do where it was like, you know, at the cellar, like Tom said, it's a, it's a tiny, tiny room. And it's like I think about going to the bathroom in public 
and like eating in public and other people sneezing like as a as an audience member that's got to be frustrating but no one thinks about the comic who's standing with a brick wall to his back with a hundred people exhaling at you we've got nowhere to go yeah i know i know tonight the show that i'm doing it's like the audience it's in a studio space and Mm. so it's going to be really spread out and everyone's going to have their masks and so it's going to be it'll be okay um but it's it's everyone's going to have their own microphone we're going to give them literally we have a sponsor who's going to give them a a really nice mic and they're going to come up and plug it in and do their set and then take it home with them (laughs) oh wow yeah but uh i know it's weird you look at everything now and it's like man how did we even survive like i mean everything you know just just getting a cold or or i was outside yesterday and mosquitoes were like swarming around and you cut your finger and there's you're you're leaking your vital fluids out of your hand and it's just like we were under attack all the time like it this is a tough place to survive there's always something going on a dog bites you now you have rabies what the hell is rabies it's just another thing that's coming to get you it's like how did we we it's made you feel so much more vulnerable at this point yeah i think about the things like going remember O'Teal when you came into the city right before the the garden show the almonds and we were you were just talking about like leaving the city is like the best part of going to the city (laughs) i just like to hear insects yeah room too many people but that's just me i'm kind of a country boy at heart you know like uh when I started riding motorcycles, I would go farther and farther out into the country. And I just, and then I lived way down south, so it'd be very hot. So you'd have yeah. to ride from like 6 a.m. to probably 9.30 a.m. And then it was just too hot to ride. Yeah. I got used to the sunrise and everything. Uh, Hearing the noises come as the light came up, just everything coming to life. Amazing. It was just good for my <laughs> mental health. It really readjusted me. But then it had a, a, on the back end, it was hard because when I would go to New York, which I have to be there a lot, yeah, to play there with the Almond Brothers uh, every March at the Beacon Theater. Three so straight months at the weeks. Beacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of it, like the last probably five, six, seven years of it, like at the two week mark, I would just hit my limit. I'd be like, I got to get out of here. Right. Everybody's rushing me and just like, ah. You know, so it wasn't good for my mental health, which is a, a big yeah. theme of our podcast and uh, trying to keep some balance mentally. And uh, that's which brings me, I really don't want to uh, forget to talk about your book because um, it, that's kind of one of our themes, you know. Just, yeah. Well, let's go. But we'll come back to it. But what, let's go back to the motorcycle for a second. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because I rode forever too. Really? And, uh, yeah. And man, it was such a, and now, and I haven't since my kids, it's, you know, 18 years old and I really haven't been riding since they were born. And yeah. And it just became too, I don't know. You know, it's one, it's kind of like stand up in a way. It's like, the further you get away from it, the more insane it seems that you did it. <laughs> and it's like when you're riding all the time, it seems so natural. And then after 18 years, like, I don't know if I could do it again. <laughs> cell phones. The cell phone thing is 
cell phone thing, my instincts, my eyes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot at play there. If I lived in the country, I would, I would do it. But man, that was such a, those early mornings, you're so mentally tuned in just to survival to have to do everything right. And then just having that experience, like you would, those cold patches and hot patches that you go through, like you don't even, you, in a car, you're just blasting through. It's just, yep. this is just Tuesday morning. But on a, on a bike, it's just, all of a sudden, it's like 30 degrees colder just in this bend. And then the, the engine would just start to acclimate itself to those early mornings, just the amount of oxygen. And it would just kind of have a different hum. Oh my God, there was nothing. And the smells. The smells yeah. too. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was, a, it was, it was yin yang too, because, you know, at the beginning I, I lived in Birmingham, Alabama for like 18 years and, uh, you know, the license plate says Alabama, the beautiful. And I was like, okay. But then <laughs> when I got in the country, I, I realized that, wow, oh, this is why they call it that. It's yeah. Beautiful. And you're, so you're going through, I call it cows and curves. It's just like farm country. Yeah. So all of a sudden you just smell all this. It could be lavender or sage or cow shit or a dead animal or but yeah. like, you know, in a car, you're oblivious to all of it. And you're not like even just the temperature change, the smells, the everything. Yeah. And it really is. It just realigns your brain from being in a city and on devices. Yeah. Now I'm starting to miss it. Shit. Oh, completely. I know. <laughs> the next stage is that you'll get a, you'll get a, a, a magazine and just start flipping through. What are they up to now? <laughs> and then you're toast. <laughs> I have to <laughs> let it go. You, me uh, and my wife both had motorcycles and we sold them both yeah um, she got pregnant and now we scuba dive we're in florida so i get it out hanging out with gigantic fish and turtles and stuff but yeah it's that thing it's that mental focus you need something that's going to really kind of like hone you in and it kind of lets the rest of the world kind of evaporate i i bake bread now that's my that's my motorcycle <laughs> yeah yeah his <laughs> bread that bread looks so damn good yeah and, and, you know, speaking of Tom with the, like, you got to let it evaporate. You and I both, I believe, uh, do the same. We do transcendental meditation. Oh, yeah. And I've been doing that for about seven years now, eight years. And, uh, boy, what a game changer. Oh, my God. Not, I, you know, I got up early today, earlier than you were like, sorry, I had to get up early for this. It's like, no, it's all right. I just get up earlier, even earlier, so I can meditate before the day starts. And it changes everything. I mean, that is, yeah, it's almost, it's hard to talk about because you can't even explain why. Yeah. It just, it just, the, the best way I'm able to explain it lately is it just takes your nervous system, which is something that's never gets worked out or relaxed or massaged. It just takes your nervous system and allows it to reboot. And that's, that's what a, gift especially now and there's so much stress and so many outside influences and things that you think that you know that are burning out your nervous system and making you crazy mm -hmm. 20 minutes and all of a sudden two hours it's not even like you come out of it and you're like wow i feel great it's like you come out of it and then two hours later you just realize oh i'm I feel great. <laughs> yeah. 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 It happened to me with yoga because I, I, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to lose weight. I was doing all this cardio and stuff and I lost it. But then when I was doing, when I started doing yoga, I lost even more weight and I quit doing the cardio. Uh, and I was like, why? And I realized 
that um, I didn't want to finish these big portions. Like I would eat and then stop. But then right. I was still like, why? Why am I all of a sudden now aware that I'm full and, it, and then I should just stop right now? And so yeah. I started thinking about it. I was like, controlled breathing. So then I was like, well, that's what meditation is about. And that's when I got into that. And man, like I forgot to smoke weed one day and then didn't <laughs> for like three, four days. I just like forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I was already chilled out. It's and amazing. Like, okay. Now, whoa. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. Know, it just It does something imperceptible that you don't know, but it's happening. I, absolutely. Uh, you know, I know I, I really... I did yoga for years and miss it. I haven't really been dialed in on it for a while. And it's probably the dumbest thing I could, could have done. <laughs> it's really, really, because it's it, anything that gives your, your brain is so busy. It's, it's like, it's like a dog just like with a chew toy. It just needs something. Your brain needs to work. It's going to go to work on something. Right. And there's so many things that can go to work on that are going to hurt you. <laughs> it's going to just, deal with the envy dog bone or it's going to deal with uh weed or it's going to deal with drinking or it's going to deal with women it's it's oh it's going to go to work on something so all these things the bike meditation bread yoga all that stuff is giving nice dog bones to your brain <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> let it chew on those because the, the return exactly. is going to be so much better it's weird it's a very strange thing well and it's it, hard in our culture because it's such a a holic culture like you know and so if you turn it to work then you know embrace the hustle so we're like yeah work 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 and you yeah more money more work more money yeah but something like the pandemic happens and it just bam forces you to like deal with your shit mm -hmm. and that's tough because now you're forced unless you're one of these people that works on your computer and you could just keep being a workaholic yeah but even so like at home you're dealing with other things that you don't have to deal with it, it kind of boxes you in and so it's a challenge for people's mental health nowadays yeah. oh absolutely and even if you are a workaholic which i kind of am uh it, it's uh it was it was hard it's still hard during this period because the quiet little thing in the back of your head always is that your life is threatened you kind of feel like well is this thing going to get me is you know there's the protective instinct of your of your being of that there's something real out there that's actually could attack me and my loved ones mm -hmm. so even if you're an out a workaholic it's hard to focus on that when your brain is figuring out that puzzle of like yeah. how do we how do we survive the poison so, yeah. dog bone is always there you don't know which <laughs> one it is <laughs> yeah yeah and it's useful too you know there's, you know you need to be alert about that stuff but you also, you know, like you said before, you need that balance. The balance for sure. It's very interesting too. Once you find it, you're kind of like, oh my God, this was here the whole time. I've wasted mm -hmm. this many years, like not like <laughs> an imperfect fashion of trying to find like what, like something wrong with everything. Feeling good, I, you know, you find a way to feel bad about feeling good sometimes. And you're like, oh, yeah, shit. well, it's weird because like, I don't, it's almost like you, Something else happens where your subconscious is just ready for it because, you know, I preach it all the time and tell people you should just go to TM and, you know, my, my wife included and even my kids and they just don't want it. You know, they like think they do and then never act on it. So yeah. it's like something has to kind of click. I don't know if you're in control of it or not, but something you have to be kind of accepting. Yeah. And ready yeah. for it in a way. 
and it's, it's kind sick of sick and tired of being sick and tired thing yeah yeah maybe that's it you got to get to that point well and it's like too like with quitting cigarettes it's like you finally get to that point where you have your almost your last cigarette and you're like I think I'm getting ready to be done with this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, you know, you've tried a million times to quit and you're like, ah, tomorrow, one more pack. I got to go on the road, whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then you finally just decide. And with TM, it was this kind of thing. My wife got it for me as a gift. And then I did, you do like the, like you learn about it, you get taught. And then coming out of it, it was like, this is something that I feel like, it's not like I was taught anything. It was yeah. more I was taught what not, it was like the opposite. I was like untaught to like hate myself. You know what I mean? And yeah, it was yeah. just kind of like it, it untied the knot and just let things flow easier. And I was like, damn, this feels good to dissolve every day, twice a day and not be screaming at myself, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. No, it's almost like you're shown something. Mm. Yeah, and something's revealed to you. You get out of the silence. You just realize it's like, you could change your mind by just realizing like, hey, why do I keep doing that? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> why do I not do that? You know, it's just, that's yeah. why I love that whole thing about, you know, you're doing great. It's so encouraging. You know? <laughs> that's, that's always what I need to hear. I keep trying to tell myself that, you know, just be like, you're doing great. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. When I wrote the title of the book, it was, you're doing great and other reasons to stay alive. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and at the time, I thought I was just being witty. <laughs> I thought I was just being funny. And what then I started, you know? I started like doing all these interviews on the, the virtual book tour for it. And people were r- literally like, okay, it's funny and stuff, but am I doing okay? Am I, am I doing great? Is it all going to be all right? <laughs> it's like, yes, you are. You just need to kind of recalibrate. The whole book is just... Lower your expectations. Just low. You know, we live this life where you think everything's supposed to be this insane, you know, money-filled party. And it's like, no. Like, all those things we were talking about, just going through a road and feeling and smelling lavender or just, you know, breathing or just spending a, a day at home with your wife. Like, those are these things. That's it. But we've <laughs> lost, you lose track of that. And when you realize that those are the things, you're pretty much you are doing great. You're just not aware of it. Yeah. It's like, uh, first of all, shoot your TV because that's where you get all the money-filled <laughs> party, pool filled, filled with girls with, you know. Yeah, and your, and your social media. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, come on, man. One of my favorite expressions, especially since I'm a, a later age father, is these are the days. Yeah. Because when Nigel's growing so fast and all those cliches and Kavi too now already just since we brought her, she's only been home nine months. Wow. And it's just racing by. I think it, 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 it hurts my wife. She feels like it's going too fast. But because I'm older, I'm like, I know this is going to happen. I'm just going to savor every friggin' second to the maximum because yeah, gone. You know? In a second. In a second. I've been saying that in my act where I, I tell, I say to the people, I don't know you at all. I've never met any of you. And I'm telling you, you're doing great. I said, I'll go one better. You're peaking right now. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll get groans. You'll have people like, oh, no. And it's like, no, I'm not kidding. Because this is it. This is it, guys. These are the good times. You have a little money in your pocket. You're healthy. You can come to this silly-ass show. I said, in the not-too-far-distant future, people are going to ask you to do something. And your one question is going to be, are there stairs? (laughs) <laughs> and if yeah. there are you're not going yeah and that's, that's coming quick 
that's coming real quick. Yeah. This is it. So like during that time, like during this moment, why would you spend it watching cable news and getting outraged about something you can't control? Why would you spend it diverting your attention to these horrible people who have don't know you and don't care about you? Like why this is it. This is the good Amen. chunk. And you know, so you're not on a private jet. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. You wouldn't no, be enjoying I've it been if you on were a, on a private jet. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on the private jets and it doesn't help. I know plenty of people that had private jets that killed themselves. Right. You know? That's right. I mean, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. You're much better in figuring out why this cup of coffee is so good. Yeah. And just, and, just, and look, that's the other thing you, you, I've, I've been kind of conscious of. You, you know, we talk about all these things. You have to appreciate it. And you have to do all this. But it doesn't mean you walk around all day long like, wow, life is precious. Wow, every single second is. If you literally give yourself five, ten minutes of that during the day just to get off the freeway for a second and just be like, take a breath and be like, all right, as much as I have to keep going, as much as I have to race, as much as I, I am okay, this is okay, this is, just give yourself that little beat of being grateful it's enough for the rest of the day like you've done your work that you, you don't have to walk around and think you've got to be a buddhist monk about the whole thing yeah mm -hmm. it's very sometimes true. it's as simple for me as just when i get sick mm -hmm. and you know you just feel like shit and i'm just like remember this you're healthy and you're <laughs> yeah. just normal like how great yeah, yeah. because it's not this yeah, when you can swallow again. <laughs> well, I always say, yeah. Taylor and I are always talking about how like everyone's like trying to peel back layers of the onion to get deeper and deeper when it's just like, put the layers back on and realize it's, it's an onion. Like everything doesn't need to be so <laughs> yeah. like, it's okay. Yeah. Like just get back right. to like looking at things from like more of a common sense standpoint and be like it's okay like you're yeah. saying i mean right. anxiety for me the the the, the parachute or the e-brake or whatever on anxiety was i could always remind myself when i was feeling anxious i'm like i'm making this up this is fake right it's in my head yeah and then corona hits and all of this and then it's like oh no like we're all in that now you know and it was there was some weird feeling of uh camaraderie with the rest of the universe or the rest mm -hmm. of the earth that we're all going through this together. Like we're not yeah. alone. Like you're not alone in going through this. And it was awful, but also good where it was. Yeah. Like, I don't have to beat myself up so much every day. Like it, it's, I'm still yeah. going to be me scared about coronavirus. Like you were saying, you don't walk around every day going like everything's roses and Buddhist monk, but it's like, yeah, things suck, but that's part of it. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just a very, different different feeling when you spend your whole life scared of everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah right exactly i know i know it really is but it, it it's such a strain and what's weird is that you never really wrestle it all to the ground it's always it's always you always you have to be that's why like these conversations and reading stuff and you constantly have to be reminded of this stuff you constantly that's why when you get together with uh, other musicians or other comedians and you just you start talking about all those you, you talk about the same stuff all the time what it was yeah. it's the same stories you know about performing or the road or the balancing your family and you're just relearning it all the time all the time you constantly have to hear it i've, I've gotten to a point now where 
people are like, did I tell you the story? I'm like, tell it again. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> tell it again. It's better than hearing my own story. <laughs> yeah. And you need to relearn it all the time. Yeah, you do. It's the human condition, you know? I, I think yeah. it all gets back to what you said earlier, which is acceptance. Like if I really, I've, I'm, I consider myself a deist, but not like a believer in religion. But if I could boil down my practical religion, it would be radical acceptance. Mm -hmm. Because if you just accept, it's like you see these couples that stay together for 60, 70 years. They may, you, when you talk to them, they tell you like, you know, our expectations weren't what yours are. Like right. we have all this tons of money and it's a party all the time and it's always, always going to be the honeymoon yeah. phase of our sex life it's like you know we didn't <laughs> we had much more realistic expectations yeah happier on the back end and oh absolutely realize okay yeah no ugly in there yeah they, right i don't know <laughs> yeah these, these ideas like oh you should be with a supermodel and you should be like this should be like the most romantic thing every minute of the no Get somebody about your size and go to work. <laughs> exactly. One That's going to be happy. A one sentence book on relationships. <laughs> yeah. Get someone about your size and go to work. The end. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Forward by Colin Quinn. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, with, and this isn't a commercial for transcendental meditation, but the thing that they say that I love, and I said this earlier to you, Otiel, like, that like change begins within. That's the thing I love so much. It's so simple. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah, get your shit straight and then you can be who the world needs you to be. Mm -hmm. Like fix yourself and then that's the part I like about it a lot. It's yeah. very simple. Yeah. You know? no, it's, it's not a lot totally of totally simple. No, that's what I was saying before. That's kind of the mystery for me about it is that there's really, uh, it's so effortless. Mm. Once you learn how to do it, it's so much easier than any of the kind of meditation I had learned about, like from books in college and all these other ways of like concentrating your on different things. It's the opposite of that. It's letting it just kind of happen. And that's the weird contradiction for me is that it's so easy, but so effective. Mm -hmm. That to me is the kind of the mystery of it. Yeah. I heard this one, uh, guess a teacher that was doing Vipassana meditation and that the first part of it is called Anapana, which is the only part I ever got through. Yeah. But he just said this one thing. I listened to all these hours of him talking, but he said this one thing. He said, if you take a glass of water and you hold it in your hand, the water will never become still, no matter how still you try to be. But if you put the glass down within a short time, it's going to be completely still. And I was like, wow. So just bring your you know, your attention back to breathing through your nose when your mind goes off leash and starts running, yeah. thinking, all stuff. <laughs> bring it back. Yep. And then when I finally still became still, it was just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also not, it's also like this morning when I was doing it, I wasn't that still. I yeah. was, I was pretty busy. I was pretty. It is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you don't beat yourself up about it. If you don't get, to, not every day you're going to be there. That's okay. Yep. Yeah, he said if you fall asleep, I guess you needed sleep. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> it's not a failure. It was a success. You got to sleep. You missed. You know. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's my favorite. Tom, I know you have to go, but can you tell everybody where they could find your book? And thank you so much for spending time with us. I know you need to boogie. Yeah. No, this was great. Um, 
my, uh, my book is You're Doing Great and Other Reasons to Stay Alive. And also my Netflix special is the same theme. It's You're Doing Great is streaming on Netflix now. Uh, the book is everywhere. It's on Amazon and stuff. If you just go to TomPapa.com, that links to all things, my Breaking Bread podcast and uh, the radio show and the book and, and all of that. Um, but the book just came out and, um, the best part is seeing people pick it up and like sending pictures of them holding it all around the world and be like, Hey, your book's here now. <laughs> it was like, all right, you, you are doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, honored to be, to do your radio show with you at the VU before this whole thing. Yeah. Ended. And, yeah. uh, it was a great show and, and I miss you and, uh, it's great to chat with you and, uh, stay safe. Yeah, we'll be back and we'll be busy and we won't remember any of this. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> so great to meet you, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so you much. too. Can't wait Thank to see you at the beacon and know that you're losing your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Check out everything Tom Papa and we'll see you next week on Comes a Time. See you guys. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.